Saturday evening. I am actually having a great time. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming out to Brooklyn and for being awesome and for the adventure and for getting a coffee in the neighborhood and for being rock star. You know, when you described Bushwick, you said, you know, we're going to Bushwick, so it might get a little bit sketchy. And you described it almost as the ghetto. So, um, yeah, I was I was expecting something, you know, a little bit more battle friendly and 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 you know, street <laughs> gangs. Well, compared to the West Village in Tribeca where we live from, you know, we're coming into like the cool neighborhood now. You and I live where there's like no gentrification at all. <laughs> exactly. This is where the cool kids hang out. <laughs> Thank God we got invited to play. Thank you, Capus. Um, okay. So you are, so I wanted to explain a little bit about the show. You listened to my podcast before. And um, so Levine Intervention is offering humor, advice, and perspective, answering questions you're too afraid to ask your mother. And so I was hoping that you had a question for me. And we're just going to talk it out. We're going to teach everybody who's listening a little bit about you. And I'm just going to go through a series of questions with you, and we'll get to know your background a little bit, and just like a continuation of what we had in the car on the way here. Okay, um, that's embarrassing and scary, but okay, I'll go for it. It's not that embarrassing and scary, is it? Well, not for you. <laughs> oh, I'm totally transparent on this show. <laughs> oh, no, it's all on the table. Should we get naked? We could do the show naked. Yes, let's. <laughs> all right, we're going to send a non-naked picture, and then we're going to take all of our clothes off and do the show naked, and everybody who's watching outside is going to love it. <laughs> I think they're loving it already. Hold on, we gotta send one sh one quick pic. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> Hold on, we're gonna spend a few minutes trying to get a good picture. Ready? <laughs> okay. Oh my god, we're like we're like two goody goody Jewish girls from Long Island. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm from Connecticut. <laughs> That's even worse. It is. Oh, I've had a day. I just have to say I've had a day. So I'm so excited about your question. I actually know what your question is, and I'm so excited to answer it because I'm calling myself out right now where, you know, sometimes like the quote-unquote expert, keep holding this up because you can hear like every little move when you're, when you're moving it around. Um, <laughs> um, sometimes, so this show has been so interesting for me so far because I've already done like 10 shows, and in every one, I really only want to bring what I know already about life. I've, I've taken no courses to qualify me for this. <laughs> well, I've taken a lot of courses, um, but nothing. It's not like I'm a psychologist or anything like that, and I don't claim to actually change or fix anybody, but I think sometimes experience is something worthy of passing on. And having interviewed people, you know, for 21 years for television, I've gotten to know people 
pretty well. And and um, I'm a little bit of an expert at, at, at that, which I love um, doing. And I love getting to the meat of the story. Um, and so this show is all about being open and vulnerable and trying to get everybody a little bit higher, me, you, and everybody listening. But because I think our topics are pretty relatable and we're having fun. So, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a nice Jewish girl from Long Island? No, no. I'm actually a badass Israeli. <laughs> I moved to New York about 10 years ago, and um, I am still finding my way. Well, Israel's a long way from New York. I know, and before that, I've lived all over. So I've actually, gr- I actually grew up in Europe, and I find that the men that I find that I really find most attractive are um, tall, very intellectual European guys. That sounds hot. It is hot. Like what kind of European? Like German or like Swedish or? Um, I don't really discriminate, but my latest Uber crush was German. Uber. Uber you like crush. Uber drivers? <laughs> That's a really good dating tip, actually. You can just cruise around the city looking for Ubers because you can look at their picture. You know who's coming to get you. And they can pick you up. <laughs> so there's no meet me downtown kind of a thing. No, he was actually a journalist. Um, so, But my latest European crush was, my most recent one was German. Before that, it was an Italian guy. So hot. Uh, but he had like real... Um, issues that, you know, for a while I didn't know were real. I thought it was just one of those issues that are really played up in sitcoms. Um, He really had the Madonna whore complex. Oh, gosh. Like on one hand, and he's like deeply Catholic, which I get because I grew up in Rome and, you know, I went to... You're uh, interesting. You grew up in Rome and Israel? Yes, I grew up in Rome uh, for many years, my teenage years. Before that, I was in Milan. I lived in Paris. Um, But, you know, in Rome, especially because I, I went to a school that was formerly Protestant, um, you know, the whole Catholic thing, it's real. And for many of these kids growing up, there really is that issue of the Madonna whore complex. And with this specific guy, it was so clear when we were in bed that he had that. Explain it to us, like, in a little bit of detail, like, what happened? Okay, how do I explain that without sounding too pornographic? Um, you can sound pornographic. <laughs> we're naked. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, he was a gentleman throughout, and but he had those issues where he was a super gentleman because he you could tell that he knew he had to be respectful and that the right way to be with a woman is to always be respectful. No matter what you're doing in bed and what you're enjoying, you always have to be respectful. And he knew it, and, um, and he wanted to be that, but you could tell that it was an inner struggle. Like, sometimes he, he had a a look of, I would say, almost, um, oh, my God, I, I'm I'm at last. You're going back into bed right now in your <laughs> yeah. head, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. You're, like, imagining him exactly. naked, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I know what just happened. It's confusing, yeah. <laughs> it is confusing. It was almost he had a certain anger. Oh, that that, that um, can be hot, though. Yes, for once or twice, but it was very clear that it's not a sustainable thing. Right, like he wanted to get too dirty in bed and he wanted it to be too nice out in the real world and that's not real, right? Like the Madonna horror complex is like, we can, we can be whores. We, might, we may even be whores, right? Like in theory, we may even be a little bit hoary, but they can't expect us to be like that all the time. Um, 
Yeah, I think for him it was, I think he's, he's been living in, in New York for many, many years, so he's been away from that culture for a while, and um, he's a pretty evolved guy, but still, when it comes to bed, and you know, it's, it's emotions, there's a lot of tension, there's energy, and it does bring, up, bring out a lot of our conditioning. And I think for him to be in a situation where he's in bed with a woman, um, was difficult because how do you continue respecting a woman that you respected until yeah. two seconds ago, the moment you get na naked and you're in bed? And while you were in bed, you could tell that he he had that struggle. I mean, and that's... I respected that he was trying really hard. I respect that. Right, but that that is this that switch is the thing that is difficult in finding a guy that you want to have sex with all the time and that can take care of you. Yes. It's rare to find both. <laughs> they're out there, but it's not always that hot when they're responsible. It's not always that hot in the bedroom, right? Completely. And they don't even need to be Catholic to <laughs> not deliver in that sense. Yeah, it has nothing to... Do you think it has anything to do with religion? No. No, it doesn't. So where are you... Okay, so now how long have you been in New York? About 10 years. Okay, right. And um, what, what, so what's your story? Do you drive Ubers? <laughs> no, no. I, I actually, I, no, I don't. What, do you want to talk about work or where you live or? I live downtown. Okay. Because, you know, I'm cool. You're cool. And this is where the and cool naked. kids. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's a given. Um, I was this, um, you know, big deal corporate executive for a while, and I loved it, and I thought, yeah, that's the American dream. And then one day I was looking around me, and I was thinking, this is bullshit, unless we're curing cancer. Um, and um, I just thought, you know, this, this means it's time to kind of strike out on my own and, and be a little bit more creative with my career. So did you have a moment, was like somebody yelling at you or you had to stay at work until midnight or you had to like fly across the country on a holiday or something? That kind of stuff never bothered me because I don't mind, you know, working in bursts and sometimes you have to do that and traveling is something that I love and I do all the time. No, it was a moment where I realized that all of my creativity and all of my um, execution abilities um, are not going to make that much of a difference in this corporation because it is a corporation and you have to be aware of everybody working around you. You're part of a team. You can't just be yourself all the way or even halfway. So that was really when I realized I need to find another career where I can be a little bit more expressive, more creative, work with people who are a little bit more fluid, also work in an industry that is more flexible and can accommodate that kind of uh, temperament and that kind of, I guess, um, outlook. And was it scary? to make the leap to leave because you knew that was something that was comfortable for you at that point. Even I mean, so when you knew you wanted out, then you must have really known you wanted out. Yeah, but I waited for another six months okay. because it was scary. That's not that long. Yeah, no, it's not that long. That's true. Um, you know, I, I always read about people who made that leap and they always have these really... Um, new agey reasons, you know, when they realize that it was time to move on and it was, oh, it's always like something very altruistic or, you know, they read an article about kids dying somewhere and all these really beautiful things that I believe in that. Um, but I think what happens to most of us, this is as far as what I know about myself and about colleagues, um, usually there's, there's something um, that kind of 
almost pushes you out. Yeah. Like maybe the company's going through downsizing or restructuring, or maybe you have a new boss and you really don't get along, or things happen that, you know, make it less enticing for you to stay. You sound pretty evolved now. Like you, you're seeing the world through a, a pretty, uh, you know, an under a compassionate lens. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. So, how long have you not been corporate? Three years. All right. How's it going? It's it's um, it's pretty cool. It's scary. It changes about every week. Wow. And. Um, I'm not at the place where I can tell you, oh my God, Abby, I found my calling. I'm doing exactly what I was born to do. I'm still figuring that out and I'm still exploring. And I love that I can explore. Um, I love it. But it it's sounds scary. like a nice freedom. I mean, it sounds like you've figured out the balance and uh, the ability. You've been living without a full time job for three years, so congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. I can tell you she looks good naked, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so, you, so, you, so what's your question for me? Okay. So my question is, I really enjoy dating. I do want to end up in a committed relationship because I, I'm very loving and I'm very monogamous. And I love being with one man and kind of every day for each of us to kind of discover who we are and who the other person is and to give. I really love that. Um, but I also enjoy dating. My question is, sometimes it gets really hard to be motivated to even leave the house and go on a date, especially after maybe I had a few dates that were so boring or disastrous or maybe I went out with somebody for a little while and that ended in a disappointing manner. And um, and, you know, people say stuff, oh, you need to be detached from that. But, you know, dating is all about the human experience. Yeah. How do you detach yourself from that? And what's the point? I don't want to detach. Right. I want to connect and I want to feel the other person's energy and I want to exchange energies and I want to be compassionate and loving and a friend and I want to get that back. So you're not going to get that if you're detached. So how do you continue um, joyfully and with a light-hearted kind of attitude, but still in a way that you're giving your, of yourself to the other person and having fun. Okay, awesome. So your question is, how do you date while you're attached and having a good time and doing it joyfully, but yet not get disappointed when things don't go as you want them to? Yeah. Okay, so awesome question. Totally relatable. Um, very good for me, so thank you. I have lots to pull from with this. Um, as I was telling you on the way over here, I had a, a date scheduled for today and it did not happen, which is like the second time it's happened to me in two weeks, which is like super like odd to me. Like who the fuck doesn't show up for a date? So it's such good timing because I was like about the whole thing. Um, and um, I found my way out of that um, and always do. Um, so... Um, a little history. So you have had a couple of relationships in your lifetime? Yes. Tell us about that. Um, okay, I think since I was 16, I've had... Um, I wasn't always in a relationship. I'm not one of those girls that needs to be in a relationship. But I've had some few really, really nice relationships with men that even today I think are lovely, are amazing, are good people. 
and and I love them. I mean, they're really great people. Um, and I think those relationships were all anywhere between two and three or three and a half years. Um, so yeah, for the most part, I had good relationships with great guys. And you were married? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> that relationship was less awesome. Why did you marry that guy? Um, I think it was partly, I was infatuated with him. Mm. I was really infatuated with him. He was one of those mm. um, charming men that really capture your attention and your heart. And, um, but I think the reason, and this is why I fell in love and this is why we stayed together for so long. I think the reason why we married is because I was at that age where there's all that pressure. Like you yeah. need to get married and there's always compromise and you start kind of internalizing those, those messages, but um, you shouldn't. <laughs> Right. It's hard, though, when all your friends are getting married and you want to not be left in the dust. Completely. And you want a, a good ring, too. <laughs> I had a really beautiful ring. That's hard to let go of, isn't it? The not having the ring. I mean, I still put my wedding ring on sometimes just to look at it. I haven't had a family heirloom. So it's still I still technically could wear it, but I don't want to be that girl. But the ring's nice, isn't it? It's really nice. And you know what? I never thought the ring meant much. But when I had to take it off, when we separated, and I didn't even tell people at that point, or at least people at work, and I, but I took it off because I couldn't wear it. It was it was yeah. it felt so, um, you know, false. Yeah. To wear it, and it was hard to take it yeah. off. I felt no, this yeah. is not what I want. But yeah, I did take it off. It, the ring's a big deal in the end, isn't it? it? Is. Like it, it because when it's on, you're like, look what I did. I finally made it. And then it's like just even to yourself. It is to the outside world too, but I think also to yourself, you're like, okay, I can relax. But actually you can't. You know, that's the other funny thing about marriage is like once you're in it, you didn't get there. You're just at the beginning of something way harder than dating. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> way harder and more difficult to maintain because it's the same person that you have to keep fixing shit with. <laughs> And you know it, and you get scared because what if you can't fix it? I mean, you're married to this person for life. You're tied yeah. together um, in so many levels. Yeah. And so things get scarier. Totally. Totally. Yeah, marriage is a mind fuck for sure. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're all still hopeful that it's going to work out okay for us, right? I mean, are you a romantic even though you're not? I am such a romantic. Okay. I am such a romantic. Like, ask me what one of my favorite dates what are your favorite dates? Walking in Chinatown after dark, like preferably after midnight. Well, of course, he's holding my hand and he's much taller than me and kind of a feel really, you know, um, petite and taken care of next to him. I'm 5'7". I'm not that petite. That's so but cute. Still. And it's raining, but just a little bit. So it doesn't ruin my makeup or my hair. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and you're just walking. We're just walking. If I if I think of a scene, like if if you, I want to describe it to you cinematically, um, did you see that movie from the eighties? I believe After Hours, the Martin Scorsese movie. I no, but why haven't I? I feel like I totally should have. You so probably you probably did. Um, a lot of it is shot in Soho in the well, what Soho was used to be in the eighties, really after dark. And um, I, I find noir to be very sexy and very alluring and yeah. super romantic, and I'm very noir. Noir, oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's yeah. my favorite genre, and it's definitely my favorite look. Do you do your hair and like put the red lips on and everything? 
Yes. That's hot. So uh-huh. you're, do you see life in black and white? No, but... Um, like in your romance scene, in the scene that you're talking about? Not necessarily. Okay. But right now, when I was thinking about walking in the rain, then I definitely saw... Um, it was dark. Oh, look at that. We have a fan of the movie. Sherry, who is the baddest ass awesomeness sauce ever, who runs <laughs> K-Piss. That's her favorite movie ever. Um, public service announcement from the station manager. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love that. You guys are soul sisters, by the way. Sherry and Yael are soul sisters. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Sherry, this this whole entire show is dedicated to you, by the way, because the Israeli badass naked girl sitting next to me loves your same movie, favorite movie, is uh, connected to you, sister. <laughs> the funny thing is, we were talking about guns earlier. Yeah, on the way over here. Should we talk about that here? Yeah, although... Okay, you, you, are, you are the host, and you'll probably be able to make the connection between guns and being naked and um, romantic movies and all that. <laughs> well, somehow we started talking about guns, and I said that, um, because we were, we were talking about dating profiles, and you said, why is every guy holding a fish or a gun <laughs> yes. in their dating profile? And I said, because, well, we didn't talk about the fish part, but... The fish is, like, the thing that he captured, right? So the men are, like, hunters, and they're gatherers, and they're like, look, I got a fish. You know, that's the thing that they're super proud of. And the gun is their penis. And they, they yield the gun in the picture to show you what a man they are. And I was telling you that my last, like, four guys all have guns in the house. And even somebody I lightly dated because we had this conversation, took me up to his bedroom to show me his giant fucking gun. That It was locked away in a safe. He has two kids. But he like, wanted to show me the gun. Like I do not want to see your gun. I believe you that you have a gun. It's not important to me that you have a gun. Yet there's something about all of the men that I date that they all have guns now. Like They either think the zombie apocalypse is coming and or they need to protect themselves and or they need it to feel safe somehow and I I'm starting to understand it you know because I do think I I I may now believe that we probably will all have to protect ourselves one day like walking dead like we're gonna have to actually Abby um Abby I'm sorry we live um in Dorman building downtown <laughs> like who are we protecting ourselves against? None of these guys live in Dorman Building downtown, to be clear. Where do they live? In the woods? No. No. One's in Jersey City. One well, was in on. Long Island. Well. One was in Rockaway. No, these are all solid guys, though. And then my ex-husband, like, this was the guy that had, you know, we had to have a rifle in the house um, because I don't know why. But you're the one that knows how to shoot a gun. I do. And I don't want to. But it was a little bit hot, right? No. Okay. Okay. No. Let me describe the scene. So to others, it might sound hot. Okay. So think about it like this. Where I'm sorry. I have to stop you. Any girl holding a gun that knows how to shoot a gun is hot. Do you not think that that's hot? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is, it is hot. <laughs> but back then, it was, you know, crawling around in the dust and uh, wearing fatigues, and it's so hot, and I'm covered in dust, and I'm carrying this super heavy gun, and then 
it was not sexy. Well, it did it's not, not feel hot sexy. It's not hot to do, but it's hot to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Right? Like you saying that, me imagining you on your hands and knees in dirt yielding a gun trying to figure out that's hot. But actually having to do it probably was torture. <laughs> All right, let's get to your question. <laughs> it was far back. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you you can control a gun. Yeah. On your hands and knees in the dust. I mean, that's kind of something to brag about a little bit. I never thought of it like that. Good. Should that's I put it in my show? Pro- yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe I'll put it in my dating profile. Well, I'll be the woman with a gun. Here's the thing about dating profiles. All you're really doing is giving them something to talk to you about. Right? You're just, it's, it's a conversation piece so that they have something to say to you. It's an opening line. So you're giving them a little paragraph of yourself. So that's probably something really good for you to have in your profile because most guys, at least that I date, have guns. So they, you guys can talk gun. Or maybe I will attract those very New York metrosexuals. <laughs> Because they're going to think, okay, I'll be doing my hair and she's going to be, you know, holding the fort. <laughs> Those guys need protection. You know, they're very coddled. They do. And they get pedicures and manicures. I don't date those guys. I like that, but come on, you, you know. That's the Wall Street guys. It's, you know, it's not just, not anymore. Who else is like that? No, it's probably most Wall Street guys, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that guy has his, like, you know, somebody, he has somebody else getting the gun for him. <laughs> so maybe that is a good fit for you, but you don't want to have a gun around now. No. But it's still a good talking point. So let's try that in your online profile. I'm going to let you write my online profile. Yes. I'm super excited to write yours, by the way. I have five underneath my belt now and counting. So um, they're really fun to write. I enjoy it. Um, okay, good. Yay. I'm excited. We'll do that. Next week. Okay, so what's your goal in dating? Do you want to, are you looking for a husband? Do you want to have a baby? Do you want to be dating multiple guys at one time? Are you wanting to, We you want to walk in the rain at night in Soho while it's lightly raining? Under an umbrella? Not under an umbrella. No. No, okay, okay. But it has to be really lightly raining. Okay, you know. so it doesn't mess up your hair and makeup. Of course. Okay. Um, and somehow my shoes don't get wet. Oh, yeah. Well, it's your own movie. It can be whatever you want it to be. What shoes are you wearing? Um, I am wearing um, very high-heeled sandals. Hot. Very strappy. Do you have good feet? Yes. Isn't that so hot? That That's is so thing. hot. Yeah, it is important. Got to take good care of them, too. And, you know, I had some really fabulous sexy dates where the guys actually notice your toes and they comment on it. Or you can tell that it really does something to them, and I love that. Definitely. I have good feet, too. It's like I'm proud of my feet. You have good legs in general. Thank I've seen you. your legs. It's true. It's true. Um, it's mostly genetics, by the way. You know, it's like I don't actually have great boobs, but my legs mostly make up for it. So certain guys are, I mean, they're not, they're not terrible, but they're not like anything to be like, these are my tits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> some girls just have some awesome tits. That's not my thing. Well, Although maybe I have, you can hold I have a good fish nipples. over them. <laughs> and that could be your profile photo. I still want to do those photos. A fish? Ew. I, okay, I cannot kill a fish. I've been fishing before. I cannot even, like, take, like, a disgusting, gross, I, any fish out of the water and watch it die. I think that's such torture. 
I think it's so cruel, and also I don't see the, I don't see the pleasure in it. I mean, like you said, it's slimy, and what's the point? And also, you wait for hours until you catch the fish. I mean, what's the sport in that? We have so many good promos for this show already. Can you imagine a guy telling you, I'm really athletic. Oh, yeah, what do you do? I fish. I do competitive fishing. I mean, really? I did a show about fishing, actually, once. I did a show um, in Alaska. And actually, this little girl, Lacey, she, she was about 100 pounds. And she pulled in this, like, I don't, it, it, I think it was like a 250 pound, I don't know, I'm probably exaggerating, but it was fucking huge, this huge salmon. And she pulled that thing in, like, it is actually a sport to like, get it, pull it, get it tighter and not lose it. <laughs> it's the conquest. You know what, I feel like if a guy is going to be bragging about a sport, it has to be sexy. And fishing is just not. Well, it's better than golf. Yeah, golf, what's that about? I don't know. I don't understand that either. I feel like golf is just a money thing. It's more like, you know, wear the clothes, you know, yeah. be at the right club, stuff yeah. like that. But it's not It's, it's a not reason hot. to miss work, right? Yes. The clothes aren't even that cute at all. Well, you know, some people can carry them and they're kind of hot. <laughs> you, you like really clean cut. <laughs> but I liked, I like to... I like it when you can tell that their body's really athletic underneath. Yeah. Like they're really ripped. Yeah. But then they pretend to be really correct with <laughs> wearing the right clothes. You're a good flirt. Okay, so how many dates do you go out on a week? Um, Let's say a month, actually, because I feel like that's a little bit more relatable. Okay, so that changes. Um, you know, I had months where I was seeing, when I, when I went on three or four different dates in one week, mm -hmm. and... Um, so obviously that was about 12, you know, 10 to 12 dates a month. Um, but then I have months where it's like two or three dates because maybe because I like somebody so much and I just want to see them and I don't feel like seeing anybody else. Or maybe I, it's just kind of a, a month where I'm not really feeling it. And when was your last quote unquote relationship and for how long? My last relationship was about five months and it was a, it was, um, it was a while ago. It was too far back. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it was a guy that um, I've known him for about seven years. We used to work together. We shared an office. Oh, cute. And he was um, a real flirt, very, very charming. And um, because we shared an office, I heard all of his phone calls. And he would juggle at least five women a day. And <laughs> At work? At work. I mean, he would, no, I mean on phone calls. I would hear all of his phone calls. And you could tell that all these women were 100% sure that they were the one and only, that they were his girlfriend. But he had at least five of those. I mean, five that I would hear about. And um, so that was cool. You know, we were really friendly. We worked well together. You know, I knew exactly who he was. Um, I also was living with somebody at the time. So there was no issue. Right. And then we both left the job kind of at the same time. And we stayed in touch a little bit, but really in a friendly way. And then we collaborate on a movie down you know a few years after so we always stayed really friendly and then we started dating and when we started dating I was very clear and I and, and I said you know what this thing you know that you do or that you used to do that's not going to work a because I'm, I don't do that but also we've known each other for many years and we've been friends so if we're going to date if this is going to become romantic um, it has to be monogamous from day one I mean I wouldn't say to other guys but for us because we were right. such good friends 
I told him, I said, it has to be monogamous from day one. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. But that is the only way. And um, he was totally into it. And we had this amazing love affair. We would see each other all the time. We would spend hours and hours and hours. The time would fly. When we were in bed together, it almost felt like flying. Like it was effortless. It was, you know, two bodies merging together. I don't even remember what we did, but it was just two bodies somehow energetically blending and creating something else. Love it. And um, right there with you, by the way. Like I'm, fe- I'm seeing what's happening. You're seeing my face. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I'm, I'm feeling of- it. You're describing it well. And uh, and then one day that was it. Um, that was it. And I did not hear from him for about a month. And I got that this was that was it. I mean, he could not. He could not be monogamous. He couldn't do it. He can't. It's just not for him. And I really respect that he was respectful enough and and also wanted to be with me badly enough that he was willing to kind of change his ways and try Mm -hmm. to go against his grain. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was not for him. So how was that for you? Was it like a little bit devastating or were you... Because that takes a little bit of separating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew the whole time who I was dealing with. But still, you know, you get carried away, you fall for somebody, and, uh, you know, you let your guard down. Like I said, you can't fall in love with somebody and be detached at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was sad. I was sad. I was really disappointed. I was angry for a while. And, um, you know, he called me a month after, but I was not ready to no. just pretend this never happened and to move forward. So we did not talk for a year yeah. or so, and, and then we started talking again, but. So are you friends now? We're friendly, but I can't say that it did not um, it did not affect me because I right. still there's that memory still. So yeah. maybe one day we'll be friends like we used to be, but right now I keep my distance a little bit. Okay, so you seem pretty accepting of the process and pretty evolved in how you're looking at it. Would you say that or are you just like keeping it together right now? Like, I don't see, and I mean this lovingly, I don't see, like, crazy girl in you. You know, like, how are you crazy girl? Because I think we all have it a little bit, but you may not. Oh, no, no, I totally have it. But usually, um, you know, some people like to pretend to be all evolved and, and you know, full of, you know, um, loving energy and all that love and light crap, you know, when an energy, <laughs> you know, when a relationship ends. And I'm the opposite. When a relationship ends, especially if I find the guy at fault... Oh, my God. I will call him every name on the planet. I will wish every STD upon him. Not to his face, probably. (laughs) But if you're the lucky girlfriend that I'm sharing all this with, oh, my God, you will hear, you know, the wrath of me. So, um, yeah, it's not pretty. Or I think sometimes it's funny to the other person, but I really let it out. Like, I don't pretend I'm not hurt. I I never pretend that my feelings are not hurt. I think that that allows me also to digest and to grieve and to let all of my anger out and to process it. So down the road, um, you know, the anger and the, I think the bad feelings are kind of, they dissipate and all you're left with is a good memory. You know, I had a wonderful relationship with a nice guy who really tried hard, it didn't work or whatever, you know, whatever it was. But you have to process it. I don't believe in love and light and all that kind of forgiveness crap right off the bat. (laughs) And why are you starting to become disillusioned with dating? What's happening? I think it was a series of things in the past few months. Um, I dated a guy, and we really liked each other. I'm not going to say I fell in love, but um, we really, really liked each other. We loved spending time together. 
And our conversations were also really, really deep. And we were talking about um, our lives and how we feel and our philosophy and how we are in relationships. And there was a lot of depth and there was a lot of soul. What happened is over um, this, you know, I think we dated for a month or two, I can't really remember. Um, what happened was I felt that he was more and more asking me to kind of dive deep and, and share my innermost feelings and energies while he was, um, I'm not going to say he's shutting down, but I'm not sure what he wanted. You know what, now that I'm thinking about mm -hmm. it. He wanted a lot of my energy and a lot of my soul, but with him there was a certain wall. Okay, he was trying to get, he was trying to earn your, he wanted you to trust him, but he wasn't willing to show his hand. Yes, he did at the beginning a little bit, but. Um, so why, so just for your question, why isn't that case specific to him? Like, is this, is this a pattern that keeps happening? Um, no, so there was that, and I felt, um, and I felt that there was something a little bit um, dishonest about it. Mm -hmm. I felt like he was saying a lot of things about how he sees our relationship growing and all this kind of stuff, but his behavior was saying otherwise. And I mm. felt a certain level of dishonesty there. At a certain point, I thought maybe he's involved with another woman, like he has a, you know, another relationship with another woman. I'm not sure. I mean, even today, I don't know. But there was something unsaid. And when there's something unsaid, it's the mm -hmm. same thing as lying. Mm -hmm. So it ended. I don't know what was behind it. I never got to ask um, so there was that, and then there was this one guy that um, I went on one date with, and he, even on the phone when we chatted before we met, he asked me, so were you ever married? And I said, yeah, I'm divorced. And he said, yeah, I'm divorced too. And so I said, oh, so you're single. We're both single. And he said, yes, absolutely. Because I always like to ask that question, mm -hmm. just to be clear. And um, I found out after the, our date, when we made out, and, um, and um, we had a really nice date, that he actually has a girlfriend. And, and as far as I know, I didn't really do the research because it wasn't that important. As far as I know, after that date, he actually went to her house. And I thought, that is so deceitful to yeah. me and to her. It was just a series of a few things like that. I guess they caught me in a more philosophical um, period. Right, because you don't think to ask, well, do you have a girlfriend? If you say you don't have a wife and you're divorced... Your brain doesn't go to then asking, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. How did you find that out? Something towards the end of the date, something about his behavior um, seemed off. Like he had to be somewhere and he was dead scared that he's uh, not going to be there. And then I found out through a friend. That he had a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, at least it was only one date and you were smart yeah. enough to do, to do your research. Yeah. Um, okay. So those are two, those are, so those are, those are, those are you thinking that you're just giving enough. You're not like over sharing yourself. You're not like putting it all out there. You're, you don't sound needy at all. You're not like, love me, love me, love me. Like, I don't get that sense from you. Not like you have to have a guy to make you happy or a relationship. Like, I think you have a good life anyway. Yeah. And um, this would add to it and you have a lot to offer and you seem... Pretty stable. I mean, if you're going to just hope the guy has STDs when you're done with him, that's not really that bad or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you seem like a good catch to me. Thank you for saying that. I'd like to think so. But, you know, New York is, is a different animal when it comes to dating. I mean, it's a little bit more mercenary here. 
And it really depends on the kind of guys that you meet. Right. Maybe I need to, to meet different types of guys. Okay, so where are you meeting them and how? Okay, so Tinder aside, which again, I left Tinder alone for a few months now. But you're on Tinder or you're not? I am, but I haven't logged into the app in a while. Okay. So I'm kind of not. Well, I think that you are, by the way, just FYI. I mean, energetically, you are out there on it. It's oh, like, I am? I mean, I think so. Yeah, you are on Tinder. You're just not doing anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I've always believed that I... Because why wouldn't you just take it off? I think I just didn't log in because, um, you know, maybe I was dating somebody. I can't even remember because maybe I was dating somebody that I met off the site and mm -hmm. then I didn't, never felt the urge to go back. Okay. It's not that I was thinking about it and it, it just never, never felt the urge. Okay. All right. Well, I would still say that you're on Tinder. You are, because guys are looking at you. Yeah. That's still energy. Guys are still looking at you and judging you all the time, every day. You know what? I want to say about Tinder that, you know, for a while I met amazing guys there. And recently, or, you know, most recently what I found that it's, it's really like scraping the bottle, bottom of the barrel. All right. So this I is know that's part kind of, of my, harsh. No, it's not. It's, it's totally on point. And it's actually part of my advice to you. Um, okay. So step one of what I think you need to do is switch sites. Um, I think certain, all, all sites get stale after a while. You cycle through them and it becomes like, um, it's just stagnant being on the same site all the time. It's even stagnant going on them. Like your energy when you log on isn't like excited to be on Tinder now, right? It's like, oh, what loser am I going to run across <laughs> today? It's right? true, yeah. You know? So you're going to just run across a bunch of losers because that's really probably A, what's happening, but B what you think is going to happen. So the first part of what I think you need to do is get off of Tinder and get on to a different site. Um, and I think it's good to be on one or two sites at a time, maybe three, um, but not more than that. And um, because you want to leave room to switch around. Um, and by the way, I believe that it's fun to be on Tinder and I know there's success stories on it. I know, but it's really like shopping for guys, and it's not authentic. It's easy, it's fun, but it's not really authentic. Like, nobody really actually takes it seriously. I mean, I think people could call in and say, Abby, we take it seriously. Okay, I'm sure there's some people that take it seriously, but for you, yeah, well, I wouldn't, I, I think it could be time to move on from Tinder and don't feel afraid to let that go. I agree. Okay. I agree 100%. Okay, so what cool. do you recommend? Well, um, I, I, I like... My favorite site right now is Plenty of Fish. Um, it takes a little while to fill out the application um, or whatever, the profile. And you, the questions that they ask and what you can see about other people are actually important to, to actually dating. You know, I mean... Tinder, you can't see anything except how they look, which is fine, you know, because maybe you don't even want to spend three minutes reading someone's site. But I think if you're really dating, you actually then you should spend some time writing or re receiving emails. The girl never writes first. <laughs> receiving emails, reading them, and responding. And I have like a three 
or four. I haven't figured this out yet exactly, but I'm now at the stage where I talk three or four times and I tell everybody that I'm coaching like three or four times, give them your number and just get off the site and see what happens. Because if a guy wants to be with you, he's going to do whatever it takes to be with you. So if he has your number, he'll figure it out and that's it. That is black and white. If he has your number and he calls, he wants to hang out. If he has your number and he doesn't call, he doesn't want to hang out. If he forgets about you and he's and you're just you, he gets busy and he forgets, he's not worth the time, you know. So I say plenty of fish, for now. There's a lot of good options on there also. And by the way, I'm not. This is like a completely unpaid endorsement or anything like that. I just think it. Excuse me. It talks about age and kids, whether or not you want kids, and if you how long your last relationship's been, which I actually find to be pretty important. You know, like a guy that's 40 and has only had a his longest relationship's a year, he's a no for me. You know, I mean, I'm sure for somebody, he can figure out how to get past a year. But that's a, that's, that's a turn, at least it's a turn off. I wouldn't say it's a total no, but, okay, yes, I'm committing to that being a no. <laughs> um, so, and then if you want to still have fun and swipe, 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 Bumble, Bumble is pretty good, although it, it's going to test your limits because your edges, because you have to write first. And it's so weird throwing out the first line to a guy. I have never done that I in know. my life. I know. It's weird. I now advise people to just really say hello. Don't even try to be witty and cute and just tell them your name. I mean, it's so... I know, because it's weird anyway. I know. I know. I, I never throw out the first line, and I have no... I don't think women in general have game. When it comes to that. So that's why just a little, a light little lovely introduction is nice. You know, that actually might work really well for me. And plus, I do think women have game, but our game comes into play when we respond, when we do the witty banter or the flirtation or the seduction. I don't think our game really, you know, shines if we have to be the first person. Right. Right. Well, that's the challenge of Bumble, although there are some some good guys on there. You know, we have a friend who is who found a really good long-term guy in there. Do you know Lisa Price? Yes. Yeah, she found her guy in Bumble. She swears by it, and he's a pretty he's a pretty solid guy. And they're a sweet couple. I know. Yeah, hey, Lisa. I know, right? I know. We should get we should get her on here next. Yeah, shout that out to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Lisa. We need to do call-ins next time too, and have people have her call in. We'll f- I'll figure that out. Oh yeah. Once should. I get the microphones working <laughs> and everything else, then we'll do that. So, do you have any deal breakers when you date a guy? Um, I mean, yes, but I do my research first before I go out on dates. Now, like, I can't deal with smoking anymore since I'm teach spinning now, and I and I quit smoking like five years ago. I just can't be around that. Um, I, I mean, for me, a guy has to want to have kids and a family now, which I realize is not a lot of guys in the city, but I'm okay with that. You know, I tried to do the thing where I didn't want kids, and but it's also not just about having the kid; it's about having a family like lifestyle. So that's what I realized. Like, I don't want to just have a kid. I want to be in a family. So usually also if they have one or two, if they have two or more kids, I usually don't go out with them because I also don't say on the first, second, or third date that I want to have kids. You know, like I hold, I, I wait to get to know them a little bit first because you just can't throw that out there. 
like right away. Do you have any deal breakers? Um, yes, and even you know, even thinking not as far as marriage and kids, I think in the first few dates, what I notice a lot is manners. Yeah, they have to have good manners. Yeah, they have to be polite and respectful and really into the gentleman. Um, they have to um, make me feel that they're really into the date. You know, I don't care if you go home and date three other women after that. I don't want to know that. But I want to know <laughs> that if you're on the date with me, um, this is really something special for you. I think that's fair. Actually, you want them to be present, yes. right? Yes. And, and at the end of the day, what we are left with after a date or a relationship is the feeling. So I want to have a good feeling. Yeah. And that comes from feeling special or the guy being present. So what's making you, so are you still actually dating now or have you stopped? I'm dating, but a little less. Like it's not three or four dates a week. But I would like to go back to that. Do you have any um, first dates that you like to do? Like you, you do drinks or you do hikes or now that it's spring, when we're recording this at least, do you go on your walks Yes, usually it's it's drinks, um, and sometimes if you have such a great time that that evolves into dinner. I'm not gonna probably not gonna go and hike on a first date, um, especially if it requires you know taking a car and going out of town because you know that sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if we're having a good time, I love walking around, and it could be the park, it could be anywhere. Um, that is pretty relaxed, and it usually um, that's pretty pleasurable for everybody involved. Okay. So how often do you do that? Not often. Right. Okay, so find your, find your pleasure in your dates. This is, the, this is what I find, too. Like, guys love to plan dates, but make sure you tell them what makes you happy. You know, you don't you, – you can – if he says, hey, you know, do you want to meet me at, you know, whatever, Ace Hotel for – a glass of wine, you can say, I would love to, but I, w I also love going on walks. You know, would that, would that be something that you would like to do? Because that could weed a few guys out in the beginning also, and yet it also helps you learn which ones might be more willing to do what you like in the future. Um, because that's, a, a, it doesn't cost them money, so they're probably excited about that. You know, <laughs> honestly, and they can have a drink beforehand if they really want to have a drink, you know, but a walk is actually a really nice romantic date. And then you're start, then you're at least you're starting off with the things that you like. And it's less stiff than sitting around and um, with drinks and trying to be polite and proper. So it's just more casual and it's more relaxed. Yeah. It brings out the best in people. But, you know, I find that at least in the first few dates or really over dating, guys are usually pretty amenable to whatever you want to do. As long as you're happy, that's they're good. happy. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's good. Then you're dating good guys. I Yeah, I try to. Okay. Well, that's cool. All right. So go go on some walks to keep you happy, you know, with what you're doing. You're already, like, smiling. You're just thinking about it. Like, that's so cute. They would be so into that. Yay. Um, and then... Okay, so the other bit of uh, what I think the only little teeny, you know, perspective that I have to help you tweak what you're doing is don't take dating personally, which is really hard to do, okay? But try to 
remove yourself from the outcome of what's happening when you're going on these dates. So you you give yourself, let's just say, six hours a week to date on the lowest end of the totem pole, right? So that's that's probably three guys, two hours, including commute, right? There and back, one hour. Um, and just I'll just give yourself that time to do that. And just don't expect any outcome. When you go into dates expecting nothing, it's really hard to get disappointed because... We go on dates looking for somebody to show up for us, but you know, they're coming on dates looking about how we're showing up for them. So it's important to remember that you're, you're an offering also, right? Like you're offering yourself up in somehow, whether it's just energetically, like you can have a conversation with them or you can laugh with them or you can cook them dinner or you can... You're, you're off. We're all looking for what the other person can do for us. I mean, that's the bottom line, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. so, so. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad we, thing. We want somebody to complete us, somebody to kind of share the burden of the world. And, you know, we want a companion and partner. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's slightly the same advice that is said over and over again, but you really do have to show up and know what you're offering, you know, on the table. And I don't, I just think that's just a matter of thinking for you. I don't think you have like a lot of ton of work to do on yourself or what, like some people just need a break from whatever they're doing and they have to get themselves on path. Like you're on the path, you know, you're good. You just have to have the perspective of what are you bringing to the table? That's like sucking them in and making them say, okay, where do we go on our next walk? Yeah. Or whatever the next step after that is. Or when can we go to Chinatown, Yael? You know, like, you're, you're, you're easy. You seem kind of easy to please, actually, as a, t- on his first couple of dates. I mean, my standards are high, but not in the sense that necessarily I require, like, a super fancy dinner or something like that. It's more about behavior and manners and being present and being nice. Well, that's alluring. I think a lot of girls do want a free dinner. I can afford to take myself to dinner. I do cool. that all the time. So. Yeah, cool. I mean, for me, dinner is not, you know, I, you know, as I know for you, it really, I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not going to, I mean, it's fun, but. I like dinner when they are excited about the food, you know, or like the experience is the cool thing. I had a first, a first time date, uh, actually, Thursday night, I had a first date at, I agreed to this. Uh, I went on a dinner date at 9.45 p.m., which is late for me. <laughs> okay, I love the late date. Do you? Yeah. You know the guys that are like, okay, let's meet at 5.30 p.m. I'm like, no, I barely, no. <laughs> Why do you like late dates? Well, first off, I feel that if you meet a little bit later and it's kind of after dark, I mean, the lighting is always better. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. Um I don't know. It it makes it feel more special and more exciting. That's so funny because I am dead by the end of the day. I'm a night so, owl. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a total morning person. Yeah. So I'm like, what's your name? You know, I'm like <laughs> thinking about snoozing at that point. Um, okay. Well, so then that's good for you. I mean, yeah, there's never a good time in the bright light to have a first date ever. That's just not sexy. But um, that's my biorhythm. But this guy, I had, I had taught... Eight, I was teaching eight spin classes, and I, I had one 
on Wednesday that was really intense and I like my music stopped and I was late getting there and it was like just a comedy of errors and he had asked my day was and instead of being like it was fine I said I had a comedy of errors at the spin class and then my microphone gave out and so you know what he said he goes well I'm the kind of guy that can hold you up at the end of the day um you could come home and like complain about that to me and I was like okay that's a total turn on that you even offer that up and then he asked me out for dinner on third for the next night at like nine forty five at night. And I said, I'm teaching again and I'm gonna have to like go home and shower and get right for our date so I couldn't meet you until nine forty five. And he came in from like the middle of Brooklyn to the East Village for this date and he he arrived the the, the um the kitchen was closing at ten and he arrived at like nine fifty nine. So he was like, Order whatever you'd like and then he got like this really nice bottle of wine and it turned out to be really nice conversation actually and it was like it start it was manners he had really good manners and he started off by offering me something that I want I want somebody that is going to be there at the end of the day right like that's the thing I mean who knows maybe he's a snake and he just knows what to say and he tells everybody that you know it could be <laughs> but it didn't feel that way no and and his actions are not that yeah so all I want to say is aw and what I happened know. to him we're going out tomorrow night. Oh, We're okay. actually going for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it rains. Isn't that Lightly. <laughs> I hope it rains lightly and your shoes don't get wet. I'm going to Brooklyn. Um, so much Brooklyn in my life these days. <laughs> I'm meeting him at 5 tomorrow, which is starting to get late for me on a Sunday. <laughs> Way outside my comfort zone. Okay, Yael, did I answer your question? Uh, yeah, you actually are turning me on to dating again. I'm actually, yeah, let's cool. go on a bunch of dates. Okay, good, good. I, I want to summarize for you. So you're going to kill Tinder, at least for now. It doesn't have to be Done. forever, right? So just kill Tinder for now. Get off of it. It's stale. It's like a stale cracker in the corner that you don't need anymore. Get on to Bumble if you want to swipe, swipe, swipe. We're going to get you on Plenty of Fish. You're going to do my profile. I'm going to do your profile. LevineIntervention.nyc. You too can have your profile written by me. Um, and then we're going to make sure that you are throwing out the ideas that you want for your first dates because you're excited about it now, right? Like the guy is going to show up and serve you and you're, you're asking for like, you're asking for something so small. So if they can't deliver that, they're sure as shit not going to be there for you at the end of a long day, right? So that will make you happy. Yay! I yeah. feel happy already. So yeah. Oh, yay! Well, that is funny because that's an excellent transition into how I like to end my shows. How do you like to end your shows? Did you listen to my whole, any of my whole podcast, like all the way through? Yes. You don't have to say yes. Um, I like to end my shows by... Naked. Naked. I like to start my shows naked. I like to do the middle of them naked. I like to end them naked. We're going to put a picture online of that. (laughs) Um, I like to do a segment called What Made You Happy Today? Because I think it's important to have gratitude for the little things that happen every day and not forget about it. So I want to finish my show with this. So yeah, what made you happy today? All right. I'm going to say today was pretty awesome because it started that it was lightly raining. We already established that. This is for me. It started off lightly raining in the morning. So I just took my iced tea and I walked to the park, and it was just me because every you know it was wet, 
And it was just great um, to be alone awesome. with my thoughts, feel the air. I love it when it rains a little bit because everything feels more fresh. So that was absolutely delightful. And then um, I was pretty busy. I had a lot of work to do and some things like that. And then I met you and we're doing this show. And so, yeah, perfect Yay. day. Are you having fun? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I feel, you know, I, I feel also that our naked pictures are going to look really they good. They are. Yeah, they're they so are. hot. <laughs> You're, we're both going to get some good dates from them. I hope so. I'm <laughs> counting on it. Okay, so now you ask me, what made me happy today? So, Abby, what made you happy today? <laughs> so there was a um, family festival in my neighborhood today for the Tribeca Film Festival. And um, so the vibrancy of all of the people wandering around the neighborhood felt really fun like springy and fresh and there was a jazz band playing right outside my door so to me that's like the perfect way to uh, ease into any part of the day a live jazz band with people listening and the fresh flowers that are in bloom right now in the city it just reminds you that there's renewal and that you know things come back to life um, and so all of those combined into just a good image for me this afternoon. Oh my God, that sounds so beautiful. <laughs> it was, it was. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to Levine Intervention. Thank you, Yael, for coming out and for being naked and for being open um, to some perspective. And I hope that you had a good time. And I would love to do a follow-up with you after you take some of this away and decide to do it i would love to share some of my successes cool. with my new profile with your new profile <laughs> with your new profile awesome all right guys well thanks for listening to um uh online and at kpiss.fm have an awesome awesome uh saturday evening and we will talk to you again soon later